what's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. Thank you to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Spiritless supports the conscientious cocktailer who wants to live fully but drink differently. Their signature Kentucky 74 is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails. It's zero alcohol zero guilt, and just 15 calories per serving. Whether you go completely spiritless or go halvesies with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail, you can get your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For, the podcast where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is baker and champion for ambition, Melissa Benishai. I would never look back on that moment in my life and say, I missed out on an opportunity. So I took advantage and created every opportunity I possibly could. The day Melissa decided to do what she loves, everything changed. Now, her New York City-based brand, Baked by Melissa, is famous for its bite-sized cupcakes and other delectable desserts. She found success by taking a chance and following her delicious dream. Melissa is the CEO and chief product officer of her multi-million dollar cupcake empire. But it's important to her that she uses her creativity and business savvy to help others. Melissa aims to empower women in business and in life. All the while, she hopes to make the world a little sweeter. Today, we talk about tasty treats, giving back, and what it means to be a woman in business. Please enjoy my interview with Melissa Benishai. Melissa, thanks so much for being on To Dine For, the podcast. It's wonderful to have you today. Thanks so much for having me. So your story of entrepreneurship is truly incredible. But before we get into that, I'd like to take a little bit of a trip to your favorite restaurant. So on To Dine For, the podcast, we always go with the guests to their favorite restaurant, wherever that is in the country, to eat what they love, see where it is that they love, and then let the restaurant be the backdrop for a conversation on what they created. You created Baked by Melissa. But where would you take me when it comes to great restaurants? That's such a tough one. (laughs) I would either take you, I think I would take you to Union Square Cafe really? in Manhattan or 11 Madison Park, which because there's just nothing like it. And why Union Square Cafe? What is it about that restaurant that you love? 
I think Danny Meyer does a great job of offering the highest quality food and service. And it's clear that not only is there incredible thought that goes into every item on the menu and from the design of the restaurant to the menu to the way you're communicated with from the moment you pick up your the phone to make a reservation, there's such great passion and they do things not the way everyone else does it, the way they think it should be done. Yes. Well, we it, ironically, we just had Danny Meyer on the podcast. So this is <laughs> his ears, oh his ears are ringing, you know, um, his hospitality. That's really is, so funny. Yeah, he really is the gold standard for hospitality. So you picked a great one. Well, I really do wish we were sitting at the bar at Union Square Cafe hearing your story of entrepreneurship. But take me from the beginning. And I think it's so interesting that your story really begins with you getting fired. Yeah, so I was 24 years old working as an assistant media planner at Deutsch Advertising and I was fired because I was not good at my job, to mm. be clear. It also happened to be like the end of the recession, but I was not laid off, I was fired. At the time I knew that I needed to find a job that made me feel fulfilled mm. and that job was not it. Got it. Um, I didn't understand how to be successful in that role, and I had no desire to learn. At the time, I was baking my tie-dye cupcakes for everyone and anyone. If it was your birthday and I loved you, I baked you tie-dye cupcakes, and I love a ton of people. It's the way I express myself. Even still today, I create. And so when I was fired, I went right to my brother's office crying. My brother's my best friend in the whole world. He is a born entrepreneur. We come from a very entrepreneurial family and we always wanted to start a business together. Mm. And so when I went to his office, he said, go home, bake your cupcakes, we'll start a business out of it. And it wasn't really crazy that he said that because we were always trying to start new businesses together. We both agreed we needed a product that everyone either needs or wants. And like, I do think the crazier part of that is that I went home and I did that because anyone who's lost their job knows that mm -hmm. it sucks and it makes you feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you're gonna do is try and pick yourself up. But I recognize the importance of taking responsibility for the way that you feel and I always have. You bring up such a great point. And that is in that moment, I too have been fired. In that moment of rejection, is you're at your lowest. It is not the place where great inspiration or creativity comes usually. It is the place where you are the hardest on yourself. You're the harshest right. on yourself. And so it's very difficult to take that moment, even though it is every end is a beginning, right? And it's always an opportunity. What was it about your cupcakes, having that conversation with your brother that made you feel like I could make this work? I didn't feel that way. You didn't necessarily at that at that time. I think the magic of that moment was my brother and his belief in me mm. and his him wanting to just make me happy. He'll be the first to tell you today like he was just doing it to get my mind off being fired. Right. The great big brother that he is. I am resilient and I love to bake. And so I went home and I did what I love to make myself happy. And I baked four batches of cupcakes, <laughs> tie-dye, peanut butter cups, s'mores, and um, cookie dough. And I had never baked those other flavors before, but my brother said something to me as I was leaving, like, think of other flavors too. You can't have a new business with one prototype. 
And so I went to the food emporium in Murray Hill on my walk back home. And I was like, hmm, like I love candy just as much as I love cake. I'm going to do this. And I wound up, I'm a very, you know, at the time, I'm so optimistic and I always have been. I also see every challenge as an opportunity to learn and grow. And that mindset is essential to success no matter what you do. So I had all these cupcakes. I wound up sending them into work the very next day with my best friend's little sister who happened to be staying with me. She had an internship at Allison Broad PR, a very well-known PR agency in the city. Allison was like a celebrity to me because she was a female founder, well-known for what she does. And that's what I wanted to be, mm. whether it were for cup, I didn't know for what, but that was cool. And so sure enough, the morning after I'm fired, I am getting texts from my friend Carly who brought the cupcakes into work saying, holy crap, everyone's freaking out over your cupcakes. <laughs> Allison wants to introduce you to her caterer. Mm. And I remember vividly happy crying, like, holy crap. And sure enough, I got a call from the caterer that same day, the day after I was fired, asking me to come for a tasting of mm. my cupcakes. So I ran back to Brian's office and I was like, holy crap, I just got a tasting with Allison Broad's caterer. We have to go in there like we have a business already. And he can be a part of it. And I've told this story thousands of times since that moment. And quite honestly, I think that was the genius of it. Like the recognition that this caterer offered us something that we didn't have, mm. similar to my brother's expertise that I didn't have. And so we thought of a name and a logo on the spot. I really wanted the company to be called Baked. My brother insisted it have a personal tie. He said, you wouldn't even know who Allison is if her name wasn't in the name of her business. Mm -hmm. So we settled on Baked by Melissa. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be more perfect. My brother's business partner at the time, they were building websites for people. And you know, equally as talented as Brian was Matt, his co-founder. And Matt we grew up with Matt knows me just as well as Brian does. I used to call him my brother from another mother <laughs> and Matt fiddling around on his computer turns around his monitor moments after we came up with baked by Melissa and shows me the most beautiful logo I've ever seen. If I were a logo, that would be me. And it's the logo we still have today. Almost wow. 13 years later, I cried when I saw it. And so for that tasting with the caterer, I printed out the logo. I got flat pastry boxes from the Clover Deli across the street from my apartment on 34th Street. And I like made it look like Baked by Melissa exists as a company and he's having a taste of them. And it worked. I love it. It's sort of like fake it till you make it. You're acting like you already have a business, even though it's really day one. You, No one knows you got fired the day before. And here you are. For those who are listening who are not familiar with Baked by Melissa, they are the most delicious cupcakes, but they're in miniature form. And actually, it's quite genius because everyone wants to have a bite of a cupcake, but maybe you don't want to feel so full after eating a full cupcake. So what Melissa does is she bakes these mini cupcakes in the most delicious flavors, and, and they really are special. They are not like any other cupcake. And I can see why you have been so successful. But let's dive back into your story. So you're in these early days, like this first year, you are trying to get exposure. You are trying to, at this point, were you thinking storefronts, brick and mortar, or were you thinking to selling to caterers and selling to stores directly? You know, it's so funny. I wasn't thinking like most people would and probably is what got us to where we are today. And of course, my brother's vision got us to where we are today also. But 
I saw that I had a chance to do what I love every day, bake cupcakes for a living. And I was going to do everything I possibly could to make that happen. I, I would never look back on that moment in my life and say, I missed out on an opportunity. Mm. So I took advantage and created every opportunity I possibly could. I did every event. I went on every tasting I possibly could. I cold called every catering company that didn't have an in-house pastry chef because the goal at the time was to get the product into the hands of people. And once we started doing that, holy crap, they loved our product. That was like mind blowing. And I remember at one point, Ben, the caterer, we were walking on 23rd Street and we peeked into like a, a vacant storefront that was for lease. And he said, this could be ours one day. We could have stores in the city. And I was like, mm, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> yes, I I know that is true, but I that to me sounded wild. But I kept doing what I was doing. And then, you know, one of the tastings I went on was to Cafe Barry in Soho on mm -hmm. Spring Street. The owner of the cafe, his name was Danny. He came down the stairs. I opened my clamshell of cupcakes. He took a tie-dye cupcake. He popped it in his mouth. He says, I love you. I'm storing you in my phone as cupcake and we'll be in touch. Mm. I was like, okay, bye. And I went home and I kept baking and he called me, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I don't re really remember. And he said, Hey, cupcake, it's Danny Omari. I have an idea. Let me know what you think. Every holiday season, there's a holiday market in union square. I always take a booth. I sell soup and hot cocoa. It does okay, but I think your cupcakes could make a killing. What if you move into my kitchen here at Cafe Barry? You do all of your baking here. There's more room for you. We have an oven and you sell me the cupcakes at cost. I'll brand the booth baked by Melissa this year and we'll see what happens. Mm. That was very outside of my comfort zone. So my brother and I went to check out the kitchen. I cried because I was overwhelmed. Not like, like in a, it was a happy, I remember waiting for the subway to go back home, like crying. Everyone, every New Yorker has cried in public before. Yes. It's a weird feeling. Yes. You don't know what people are <laughs> it's thinking. It's a truly New York experience because, uh, you know, it's almost like the, the streets of New York are your living room. So you feel like, and you realize that no one really cares. So you can be emotionally available on the streets. It's the strangest thing. Totally. And people are doing much crazier things right next to you. I'm sure of it. <laughs> exactly. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. 
Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Now back to our conversation. So on November 22nd, 2008, seven months after I started baking out of my apartment, doing the events, the cold calling, yada, yada. My dad drove into the city. He helped me move all of my stuff from my little Murray Hill apartment kitchen to this basement kitchen of Cafe Barry. I hired my first employee who was like a stripper by night, an R&B singer. He could like lift me with one hand and I was bigger than I am today. And uh, the two of us baked 15 hours a day, seven days a week to provide that Union Square holiday market with our cupcakes. We wound up selling out every single day and, and truly learning that we had an incredible product. Not that like, I, like every day at, at that part of the journey, I was like blown away by the way people responded to our product. It was beautiful. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. It was cute and unique and nostalgic. And we, we, we had something. And we actually wound up opening in the Bryant Park and, and Columbus Circle holiday markets in that just six week period of time. We couldn't bake fast enough. And I was 24 years old, coming from an assistant media planner role I never managed before. Right. I, you know, learning to navigate the delegation and it's my product and nobody does it better than me. But I, you know, every day got better and better. And then in March, a couple months later, we opened our very first store, which was actually a pickup window. Of course, luck would have it that Cafe Barry had an unused pickup window (laughs) attached to it. And so we decided to make the owner of Cafe Barry, we we gave him a small piece of equity in return for that lease of that pickup window. And he said, okay, but to manage your expectations, they're trying to sell this building. You know, we, we might only have the cafe for another five months. That five months turned into five years. Wow. Baked by Melissa had a pickup window on the highest foot trafficked corner of Manhattan. And that's how we got our brand out there. And I was doing all of my baking from that basement, running the cupcakes up the stairs, delivering throughout Manhattan. My brother was in the office with Matt, making updates to the website, ordering the materials, looking for new store locations, and then doing those build outs and together, the five of us, my brother, Matt, his business partner, the caterer, Ben and Danny, we founded Baked by Melissa. And we each brought a unique skill set that wasn't there before. And that's the magic of our story. When you hear stories of entrepreneurs and people trying to get a, a business off the ground, very often, it's a lot of push and pull. And what I'm hearing from you is quite the opposite. It's actually you trying to go one cupcake at a time, bake one cupcake at a time and get it out there and sell it. It sounds like you didn't have a blueprint you were following. You were simply trying to sell something, sell a product by any way you could. And it was that building on that success that got you going. When you look back at the the first couple of years that are always very, very difficult. What was your biggest pain point? We were doing everything for the first time. I think the one thing that we didn't have collectively between us was the experience doing just what we were doing. Mm. Um, if that makes sense. Yes. Like there wasn't just one. <laughs> it was hard. It's so hard. And and I think now more than ever with social media, which when we founded the company, there was no Instagram, but there was Facebook. You know, people make things look very easy and glamorous, even when they're not. And I do my best to be real 
when I tell the story as quickly as I just did, I am not giving enough attention to the challenges. Right. My own challenges as a as a 24 year old female founding a company with four men who are older than me, who had different experience and expertise that I didn't. The, the confidence I didn't have at the time to be Melissa of Baked by Melissa. My brother balanced and gave me support when I needed it. But there were other challenges just within working, like starting a something with four other people who loved it and felt passionate the way you did, who each had their own unique ideas and experiences. It's, it's really not easy. But as my dad says, nothing good is. That's right. Nothing good is. Absolutely. Um, when you look back, first of all, can you give people an update on where Baked by Melissa is now? Where are your stores? Where can people find you? Baked by Melissa has 14 retail locations in the New York area. We ship our product nationwide. You can go to bakedbymelissa.com and order cupcakes to send anywhere. We make it super easy and convenient. We know that we're celebrating birthdays everywhere, especially during times that we can't be together to celebrate. And we've learned through COVID that we make people happy, which we've already known during good times and bad. And I take great pride in that. We make people happy. That's what we do. You are a champion for female entrepreneurship and encouraging of other women who want to get into the space. What advice would you give them knowing the path that you've taken and what have you learned along the way that you think could be helpful? I think women can do anything men can do and more because we could have babies. (laughs) And I think one of the biggest differences between men and women, and it took me a long time to get here because I'm a boy, I'm like a guy's girl. Mm -hmm. Like all of my best friends were boys. I have big brother. Took me a long time to get here. But the truth is the biggest difference between men and women, in my opinion, is ego. Mm -hmm. And I think that men are very quick to say they can do things. When women feel the need to like prove it to themselves first. Mm. So let me share something with you. Mm. I founded this company with a great group of people in 2008. I have had my brother as my CEO for eight years. We then hired a CEO who was an incredible partner to me and, and a dream who unfortunately couldn't work for us any longer on December 5th of 2019. It was quick and abrupt. And we brought it to the board and they put me in the CEO position. And I was like, what the, what the <laughs> hell? I never wanted to be CEO of this company. It's not what I should be doing. I'm, I'm, I'm the product. I, I like, I was the president of the company and I was so in so many ways running the business already, but I always had my right hand there. And it was so far out of my comfort zone. I truly believed I didn't want to lead my own company. And boy, was I wrong. I went from not wanting that role, thinking I never did, to leading us through our most successful holiday season right into record-breaking Valentine's Day. And, and while doing that, looking for to hire CEOs, I thought it was just going to be an interim thing, to leading my company through a global pandemic and proving to myself that there's no better person for this job right now. Wow. And CEOs come and go. I will always make sure the right person is in this role, but... That was such a wild experience for me. And now I've earned a sense of self-confidence that I didn't have before through that experience. 
And I wish I thought I wanted to be CEO. Talk a little bit about the pandemic and my gosh, how did that affect certainly your storefronts and your business as a whole? So we consider our customer in every single thing that we do. If it weren't for our customers, we would not be where we are today. And so, you know, the pandemic, we all remember starting to hear about it. And I think like the biggest thing was like people were stocking up on toilet paper. We were seeing events being canceled in our B2B department and just consumer behavior was changing. And so I got my creative marketing team into the conference room and I like literally was like, we have to change our messaging. We have to change the way that we're talking to our customers and acknowledge the way that they are feeling. Mm. Scrap it all. Stock up on cupcakes. If you're not celebrating in person, send cupcakes in your place. Mm. And we went so hard, like the first week of March before COVID was really a thing. And then I went to the bakery for the second week of March. And I remember my brother being like, oh, like it's crazy. Like, it's going to be this crazy pandemic. I'm like, you're nuts. I have a business to run. Like, you're wrong. Because, like, it was annoying that everyone was like, oh, I'm going to work from home. But they were right. And <laughs> And so on March 12th, I think it was a Thursday, I'm in an Uber. I had this weird pang in my gut to bring my team home with me. I have two small kids. I was like, come over for dinner. Let's have dinner. And my parents came to bring my kids home. They like had them out. And my parents were like in the corner of my apartment, like scared of us. Like we had germs. And I was like, holy, this is real. And then they canceled school indefinitely for two weeks, but indefinitely. And so that was it. Right away, we had everyone start working from home. We pivoted even harder with messaging. I closed all the stores because safety is the top priority at Baked by Melissa. We didn't have to. We could have, because we're food, we could have stayed open. We closed our stores. We did social distancing in our bakery to stay open. We bought PPE for everyone. We spent thousands, we still spent thousands and thousands of dollars a month to be cleaned and sanitized all the time. And we did it to keep our people safe first and foremost. And, you know, March week over week, we just saw this crazy decline of foot traffic in our stores until we closed, but then also our website. And then in April, we started to see things pick back up on our site. And we, I am so proud to say that we started celebrating everyone's birthday. (laughs) Um, And people were sending baked by Melissa to their grandma, their 98 year old grandma who couldn't like leave her house. They're sending us pictures and like love notes on Instagram. Like, thank you so much. Like you've brought joy to my house. And now we're a different company. So the nuts and bolts of actually pivoting, you know, obviously it makes sense. Who wouldn't want Baked by Melissa delivered to their home in the middle of a pandemic? How did you go after the marketing? What were the brass tacks of going after the marketing? And did you have enough business that you could at least keep the employees on or did you have to furlough people? We laid off about 60% of our workforce when we closed our stores. I actually begged and pleaded to wait a week. Mm. So we wait, we, we closed our stores on Saturday and we did layoffs on Friday mm. because so much was changing so fast. I know my team, if you know me, you know, my team, I, it's all my team. My job is to empower my team and ask the right questions. They are the most incredible people and they are baked by Melissa. And so that was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. I joke that I have maternal instincts for baked by Melissa. It's my firstborn child. So like, Nobody could have done what I did. And I I would never say that, but like I was the right person for the job and making those decisions quickly 
you can't look at what other people are doing. You have to make the right decision for you. Then e-com did start to pick back up and we were, then we couldn't bring our team back fast enough. Like it took maybe two months, but like, because everyone was scared, but we were doing it right and safe. You know, it got to the point where I was like, well, so what do we need to do to make up for those stores being closed? And I mean, we didn't get there. And obviously it was still an incredibly challenging time for Baked by Melissa, but like e-com got us through 2020 and taught us so much. We are a digital first direct to consumer gifting company. Everything we do at Baked by Melissa supports that. Whereas before COVID, half of our revenue was coming from retail and half of our revenue was coming from e-com. We did start reopening our stores June 15th and we now have all but one store reopen and I'm sure we'll reopen Times Square soon, but it's Times Square. And as we all know, like most people aren't working, it's a big corporate spot for us and tourists, which tourists are not coming as much. And our retail has changed. Like we now only offer pre-assorted packs, uh, you know, because we want to make sure that it's safe and no product is being touched in a display case unnecessarily. We limit the number of customers in each store at a time. Our retail stores really support our digital first mindset. You come into our store, we educate you, we show you who we are at Baked by Melissa, and we tell you that you can send cupcakes to anyone in the country and give them the best gift that makes them happy for any occasion. I know you've been a champion for women entrepreneurship. What are you doing specifically to help other women entrepreneurs achieve their dreams and go after their crazy idea? So I am very passionate about empowering women, not only through our story, but any way we possibly can. So we are working with a charity that supports female entrepreneurs and education. I will be actually interviewing some of my female hero entrepreneurs on Baked by Melissa's Instagram. I'll be doing one interview a week. And the goal of those conversations is for them to share their story of how they founded their company and how they managed to get to the other side of 2020 because COVID's not over yet. And I'm hopeful that through those conversations, we will show women everywhere that they can do it too. Mm. Because I think uh, women supporting women, yes, of course. But like, It's all like a confidence thing. And I think it's awesome that women feel more of a need to earn their confidence through experience. But if we can use our experiences to show women everywhere that they can do it too, then that is a win. And I believe that is where I can make the greatest impact for women. You have an incredible story of entrepreneurship. You are such a great leader and you really are uh, a wonderful role model for women to follow. Melissa, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for being on To Dime For The Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at To Dine For With Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.